You gotta have, you gotta spend money to make money, as they say. Oh, yeah. Throwing money at strippers is an investment. I know, see, I like Drake, but. This flow is kind of. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this flow. I don't know how I like him the same boy, blah, 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 bing boy, blah, 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 bing boy. <laughs> it reminds me of a song. Uh, oh, it reminds me of fucking uh, Billie Eilish, where she's yeah. like, I'm a fucking take your hand. I'm a home. bad guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. I'm a broke boy. <laughs> yeah, <Duh>. dude. <laughs> Drake, I don't know what to Drake. tell you, dude. Snatching the Billie Eilish flow. I know, dude. You really took that Billie flow. That <laughs> Billie flow. You know he was in her DMs. So that's probably where he got her from. A Billie. Went yeah. from a Millie to a Billie flow. Oh, 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 true. Oh, shit. Live from the studio, I'm Jimmy Seleski. I'm Eric Glazer. Um, and we're chilling here on a nice Sunday afternoon. Listen to some Drake. You said um, a couple things didn't age well. Take Care ages perfectly. That oh, album yeah. is fucking fire. Take Care is good as shit. Um... If you're reading this, it's too late, aged really well, even with all the controversy around it. Mm -hmm. so that was the, what was that the was, controversy? That was the initial uh, ghostwriter allegations. Yeah. Which were true. Uh, of course. And everyone just kind of, you know, glances over that. Because, like, at, every major artist has ghostwriters. Yeah, of course. I mean, and the, that's fine. The thing with rap is, like, it is different because. Like, okay, like, nobody's accusing, like, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley of having ghostwriters. Like, it was, like, a pretty much a given. You know, it's, like, these yeah. artists, like, yeah, they don't write their own music. Like, and Whitney Houston didn't like, write her own songs. Technically, a ghostwriter could just be a guy in the studio while you're doing your recording and being like, hey, what if you use this word instead of that word? Yeah, technically, but I would say it's almost but more But no, for if, uh, if you're reading this, it's too late, like the demos of the guy who wrote his shit he like had full demos of the songs yeah that drake listened to fucked with and was like this is my song yeah right more now. like if you're writing this it's too late <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> if I, you're writing this you, you have no career <laughs> <laughs> no i i think more so like because the whole thing with rappers like being an mc is like the voice is a major aspect of it but um i think it's more about like the persona and mm -hmm. so when you find out that your favorite MC, I sound like an old school black guy right now, like your favorite MC, <laughs> you know, and nobody calls him MCs anymore, you know, but when you find out that he's not writing his own lines, then it kind of like, then it's like, then what, what's the point, you know, because like Frank Sinatra, Elvis, Whitney Houston, like, you know, Madonna, Cindy, all these, you could go through, you know, any pop star and it's like, nobody really expects those people to have written their own songs. It's mm -hmm. just more so about like, you're a really good singer. I like listening to you sing this. Adele probably doesn't write all of her songs. Taylor Swift probably does. I don't know. I feel like that's her thing. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but nobody really cares. With rappers, it's kind of like finding out your favorite comedian doesn't write his own jokes. It's like, yeah. then what are you? You're like, uh, you know, I don't know what you are yeah. at this point. Like, it's this isn't even your humor. You know, like, if you're a rapper, it's like, this isn't even like, do you really... Uh, fucking stack paper I don't even know the guy who writes for you says you do but I don't know if you do yeah you know yeah that's the interesting thing about like modern day rap too is like we have a lot of like the you know 
it's more diverse now with male and female rappers on like the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. But it is funny whenever like a demo version of like a Cardi B song or a City Girl song comes out, mm-hmm. and it's just like some dude being like, "Pop that pussy back." Yeah. yeah, it's wet as shit. <laughs> and you're like, damn, I mean, this is going to sound good when a girl sings it, but this guy is trifling. <laughs> oh, yeah, true, true, <laughs> true. I'm pretty sure, so I think for that City Girl song, like, real ass bitch give up about a, like, uh. Oh, wait, did you ever give me the napkin for this? Oh, no, I didn't. I okay. threw it out. Sorry. Oh, shit. <laughs> Do you want to put some water in it and I'll dump it out? Okay, sure. Should I just shoot it at this point? No, I'll just dump it. I'll throw it out the door. But okay, I'm pretty sure cool. Little Yachty wrote that song. So it's okay. very funny to think of little Yachty being in the studio being like, real ass bitch, give a fuck. <laughs> that is one thing you really learn about uh you know, the music industry is there's still a lot of like I mean, not as much as there used to be, but I'll, I'll wipe it off my shirt, dude. Okay, it's yeah. fine. It's fucking if anything. I was gonna use my shirt, but I was like, yeah. Yeah. Just moving shit, it's probably sweaty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. At least, like, wipe it with your sweat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> When's the last time I washed this shirt? If anything, I'm doing both of these things a favor. <laughs> both of these things are cleaner now. No, like, for instance, like, I saw Rihanna uh, is doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, there's so much, like, hype. Built. I'm going to be honest. I've never understood with Rihanna or Beyonce. I've never understood this, like, insane hype they have. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I was told my whole life that like Beyonce is the hottest person ever. I'm gonna be honest, I never really saw it, you know. And but she is better looking than Rihanna, I think. But uh, like, I think Beyonce is hot, but yeah, Rihanna, I never got. She's like an her, average chick. She's like definitely she's hot, but like the forehead is crazy. Mm. That shit is like a moon bounce. Yeah, yeah. And she hasn't put out an album in six years, and I've never put out an album in 30 years, so I mean, like, whatever. <laughs> but it's like, it is kind of, like, you can just kind of tell, like, the Super Bowl halftime show is like... I do fuck with... I think I like Rihanna's music more than Beyonce's, though. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. There's probably only, like, one song from Beyonce that I actually am really like, oh, I like Honestly, this. Honestly, I was a Destiny's Child fan. Really? You know? I was a Destiny Child fan over a Beyonce fan. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that was kind of a sketchy situation, too, because... Like the other two, I mean, it's kind of like that though. It's like were the other two, maybe they just didn't have the star potential. Like a lot of times, like especially in the nineties, they they were all about like groups and shit. I mean, even think about uh, what Harry Styles was in. Was he in One Direction or was whatever the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like Harry Styles, he was the only one that made it out. Harry Styles, or Zayn Malik too, I guess. Well, Zayn, where the did. fuck is he? Yeah, what happened to him? I liked Zayn the best, and in my opinion, he was the best singer. Mm-hmm. Like, I sound like the ultimate like music hater guy right now <laughs> but i don't care harry styles like like i don't get the harry styles hype he, well, he has some good songs but like i don't know why people fucking like fawn over him so much because he's hot i mean like but like it's the people that are fawning over him were like the people that were fans of one direction in their prime which was almost like 10 years ago at this point yeah so they're in their late 20s being like fangirls mm-hmm. over someone yeah that's a embarrassing it's weird yeah it is it is strange kind of the same thing i was thinking about this the other night and i was thinking like well justin bieber's like our age right mm-hmm. but when we so i think he's like only a year younger than us or something like that and in in high school he first came out with like baby baby he came mm-hmm. out without maybe like freshman or sophomore year of high school we were like 14 or 15 years old but the girls that were really into justin bieber were younger like we are so old now Mm-hmm. that 
even when Justin Bieber first came out, we were too old for him. You know I what I'm know. saying? I and then he became Bieber. no, no. But then he became relevant on like an adult level mm-hmm. because when he dropped like "What Do You Mean?" "Sorry," I fucking love those songs. Oh yeah, you know those are great. But it's weird to think that like a current pop star now, even ten years ago, our age group, like we we liked Baby kind of as like a, um we liked Baby for the ludicrous feature. Oh, Luda! <laughs> I never been the worst of the list. But you better respect my honesty. <laughs> No, it, it's just like you realize like it's hard for me, you know, like like I watched, um, you know, Harry Styles. Do yourself a favor and watch Harry Styles, uh, the voice audition when he first started out. Mm. And it just was like off key and not good. And then people forget that, like, I think I don't know if all five of the guys in One Direction started out this way, but I'm pretty sure. I think it was Simon Cowell, like, yeah, brought who, like, them all together, right? Brought them together and made them a boy band. It was, like, five mediocre singers that were good-looking and, and had, like, market appeal. They were all off-key by themselves, but together they somehow harmonized. They somehow <laughs> harmonized dissonantly, yeah. <laughs> but now it's, like, we have this thing where, like, people are like, oh, my God, like, Harry Styles, like, the music he writes. And, and like, again... It is weird when you step back and it's like, how much, I always say this, how much are these people really involved in the writing process? I'm not saying he doesn't write his songs. Yeah. But when you talk about, like, you look at, like, Taylor Swift's album, for mm-hmm. instance, you go in and and you look at, like, the producer credits and things like that, and you have, like, the I mean, top... Taylor Swift is another one where it's like, goddamn ravenous fan base for like just the plainest white girl ever dude i don't understand okay so just re- i don't think we talked about this in the podcast but mm-hmm. just recently she before we this- move off of harry styles though like oh this we're isn't staying a, on this track. isn't an original take but like harry styles is in the vein of like those super famous dudes that completely just act gay to get pussy mm-hmm. he is the world's most famous beta male yeah truly no, it, it's true, and it's like you go in. Well, and he's like I don't even call it a beta male. It's just like schemer. Well, he okay. So there's a a, a species of cuttlefish mm. that I'm gonna I'm, I'm we're not getting off this topic. Don't <laughs> don't worry. We'll we'll jump back to Taylor Swift in a second. Uh, we're staying. We're staying. Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, cuttlefish. It's all <laughs> it's all in the same Venn diagram here, folks. Don't worry. Uh, we're not trailing off. Um, there's a species of cuttlefish where. Um, smaller males can actually transform themselves to look like females. And then basically what they do is, so like you have like the alpha male cuttlefish that has like his little like school of females that follow him around. Mm -hmm. And then this beta male fish, beta cuttlefish, Mm -hmm. becomes a woman and like becomes part of like the, the alpha males like circle of chicks. And then he goes behind his back and like fucks all the chicks, and the the alpha never knows because he thinks that that other dude's just a chick. Yeah, because he's fucking that dude too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, that being said, I always did say the only way you could ever one up a guy who fucked your girlfriend is if you fucked him. I've mm. always believed that. There's really even if you beat him up, he can still be like, "I still fucked your bitch." Yeah. But if you fuck him, it's like, dude. I mean, I fucked you. Yeah. That means that we're also <laughs> wiener cousins, and <laughs> you're wiener cousins with my girlfriend now. 
very incestuous. Eskimo sisters with my Yeah, you're Eskimo sisters with my bitch, bro. How does that feel? How does that feel? You're my grand bitch. <laughs> no, but it's like you go in and going back, it's like that is such a thing that you notice in like even guys. There's always those kind of like squirrely dudes that like, I'm not going to say any names, but I can totally think of some dudes in high school that may or may not have liked the same girls as our uh, uh, friend who lived on and he wound up dating her in high school. And he always gave me that vibe of like that kind of like, there's two ways that you can kind of get into a chick circle. You can be like the just a fucking man's man, dude. And then girls naturally gravitate towards that. They're like, I like this guy. Like he plays sports. He's a fucking guy, you know? And then there's like the guys that are like, that guy's stupid. Like, oh my God, sports is so dumb. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like more of like emotional. And that guy wants to fuck just as much as like the guy, the jock guy that he says is like the bad guy. Mm -hmm. But he does it almost more schemingly. Yeah. You know, he's the one who's kind of getting in there like, oh, I'm your friend. I'm the good guy. It's like that classic like Reddit phase where like all the guys were like, oh, girls only like douchebags. Girls don't like nice guys. It's like, dude, you're being nice because you want to fuck them too. Yeah. You know, it's like, it is this kind of thing. So I look at Harry Styles and it's like, I don't I don't have any reason to dislike him personally, but I do see that he's kind of taken like that route to being like, oh, I'm going to wear a dress. I'm not like, he's like a pick me guy. He's a pick me guy. He's like, I'm not like other guys, you know, I'm more like other girls. And then he fucking does. And you look at the producer things. It's like, oh, yes, some of the songs are interesting and cool. But you always have to ask yourself, dude, when you are at that level and you're a musician and you're walking in and producing an album with like 30 other of the top industry producers, what does it really mean to say I wrote this song? Because the difference between like a guy on, I would say, like my level or more on an independent level. Level in general is like if I have an idea and I go like all right like this is how the song is and they go I sit there we sit in a fucking garage we write it we try to record it we do we make our best and we try to make it sound as good as we can mm -hmm. when you're that level you're sitting there same type of thing you're like oh I, I have this idea it goes like and then you take it to like fucking like uh you know Brian Eno Brian Eno like, yeah. Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin and he's like okay like Great idea, Harry. Great idea, <laughs> Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Wouldn't it sound a little better like this, though? Yeah. And then it actually is the real song that exactly. it gets put out. And then he just sings it, and you're like, he's a genius. What a genius. And it's like, look, I'm not and trying to take not anything to away. not to diminish anything, yeah, because I'm, you know, that man probably works very hard. Of course. Of course, but, but you have to kind of be like... doesn't mean that he's not a bitch. Um, it does not mean he's not a bitch. Which brings me to Taylor Swift. <laughs> you thought we would forget. Oh, you thought we could forget. Luckily, you brought it back with the word bit. No, I like I like Taylor Swift. I, I think I like Taylor Swift more than Harry Styles because I actually do think that she is is talented. I, I really do. And and you can't... Didn't, like. Yeah, I the only thing that Taylor Swift did that like you can knock her for really is using a uh, niche fan base, almost like how like Post Malone blew up. Mm -hmm. He was like a niche white boy rapper with a hit song, mm -hmm. and then used that fame to go into the mainstream pop world. Yes, yes. But in Taylor Swift's case, she used country, and mm -hmm. then got the entire like middle of the country behind her. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, actually, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. But in her defense, I there are a lot of Taylor Swift songs that I like 
thoroughly enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't think of any Harry Styles. I like, there's a couple One Direction songs, and I'm like, hey, I like that. You got that one thing. But that's all fucking industry shill, fucking bubblegum. Oh, Simon Cowell. Yeah, that's Simon Cowell, baby. Yeah, I like Simon Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Cowell is the Quentin Miller of pop. Yeah, but Taylor Swift, you got fucking trouble, 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 mm-hmm. and all her old stuff. Like All her old shit was so good. The thing I don't like, understand. Like, in high school... When we went to high school, like you could not admit that you listened to Taylor Swift, but when it came on in the car, you would bump that shit and fucking sing it. Everybody, everybody was was Taylor Swift, dude. Yeah, it was weird. Like in high school, it was like one of those things you couldn't admit to it. And like I said, the same thing with Justin Bieber was like, you nobody really wanted to be like, yo, I'm bumping baby right now. Yeah. But then finally, he like transitioned to where like adult men could be like. Is it too late now to say I'm sorry? <laughs> I think it's a little late, bro. I think it's a little late. The thing I don't understand about Taylor Swift is, however, she has been however. around for 15 years at this point. I think mm-hmm. her first song, her first hits came out in like 08. Maybe our song came out like even before that. Like mm-hmm. we were in early high school and she came out. However, just this past concert tour, it's been this big thing where like people are paying like, four hundred thousand dollars for a fucking ticket and you're like what happened is this not the same taylor swift from last like what Mm -hmm. happened it's it's it was a good study something about the pandemic that like was fucking crazy is like ticket prices i don't know the last time you've been to like a big concert event maybe never but they're fucking skyrocketed like the prices are crazy yeah because you know they couldn't do concerts for like two years so then artists weren't making money, but also the venues weren't making money, and all the venues are owned by Live Nation. <laughs> so <laughs> there is every monopoly, single yeah. dude, like you can get like bleacher tickets to a fucking concert, mm-hmm. not even for resale, and they're over like 150 or 200 bucks. It's I, fucking wild. That's definitely an aspect of it. Um, when did the whole Travis Scott trampling situation was that before COVID or like during it uh, or something? That was I think that was before COVID. Okay. I think that what you're saying definitely. Uh, it might have been after though. But I think hey, what you're listen, saying. Listen, not his fault. Hey, not his fault. That was Live Nation's fault. That was Live Nation's fault. They didn't I'm have enough you. security. Yeah, I mean, that what was, are you gonna do? That was Texas's fault. And we also blamed. I, I blamed society on that. And and I I, I I blame society. I think that what you're saying is absolutely an aspect of it. But I think the bigger thing is um, just hype culture as a whole. Like, I think that hype is at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. So now you have artists like Taylor Swift who have always been around. They're not new. This is not like a new phenomenon. And I would even venture to say that her current album has been manufactured to be this, like, blowout, amazing album. But I feel like her previous albums had way more, like, pop-friendly hits that, like, I hear more people more recognized and i don't know if that's because maybe i'm starting to move out of the demo so maybe i'm just less in touch with it Mm -hmm. that could be something but i do think that like if you examine like her album that came out like 22 i don't know about you i'm feeling 22 like that album i feel like there was so many hits off that fucking album and this album like don't i feel like they're more like oh, she's like a mature artist. Like, she's not doing as much pop. And it's like, okay, great. Or she's like talking about like sexy babies or mm-hmm. something in one song. Mm. I hear like one song that comes on the radio every once in a while. And I'm always just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> For the lyrics. I got it. Like, someone explained it to me saying like, it's a 30 rock reference. But like, mm. 
every time I hear it, I'm like, why is she talking about sexy babies? Yeah, it's strange. There's a lot of that going on recently. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of that, which we'll get into later. <laughs> but it, it, it just, it, like, it's hard for me. I, I don't, again, I don't know if it's an aspect of getting older, but, like, you really kind of start to see, like, when I look at, like, things, if you catch the right wave, then your thing can become like the new, like the way, the same way fashion works. Fashion is a great example of just pure marketing at its finest because, you know, I know you like Supreme, you're wearing Supreme right now. Mm -hmm. And like myself personally, I've never gotten into fashion because I've never quite understood the concept of like just something being so incredibly, like even with Dan with shoes and stuff, like, mm -hmm. People get really into that, and I'm not knocking that at all. I'm just saying personally, I've never understood like where that value comes from. And I mm -hmm. think it, it, like fashion, shoes, and and just things like that, they're almost like memes where the value comes from the fact that everyone else, like supposedly values it. Kind of like Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, it's like when you talk about Bitcoin, it was like when it first came out, it was like whatever. But then even today, it's, it, you know, even up until recently, it was still like, well, the Bitcoin was still only, we were still assessing its value based on how many dollars you could convert it back to mm -hmm. when you decided to sell it. So it was really just like, I'm going to buy only, in now. Yeah, the only reason like Bitcoin ever went up so high too is because like companies started accepting Bitcoin for products mm -hmm. so you could use that virtual currency for a real thing a tangible thing so then that gave it value too mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden everyone stopped doing that and then one, once you couldn't buy a physical thing with bitcoin it completely tanked Oh, yeah, because then it was just... Because then it doesn't have a value. Exactly. It's just an NFT. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing. I mean, you look at, like, this is why I guess I, I'm glad... Okay. One, and that's an even better example of it yeah. because it's like NFTs were so big because every fucking celebrity was, like, shoving them down your throats, like, in these get-rich-quick schemes. And it gave it value because you saw, oh, like, Paris Hilton got this NFT for... Six thousand dollars? Holy shit. Yeah. So these must be worth six thousand yes. dollars. And then the market got completely flooded because mm -hmm. anyone could fucking do it. Yeah. And then now that same fucking NFT is probably worth thirty dollars. Yeah. And it, it was and, and that's what that's what happened. And we had this this is not a new human phenomenon. There's a famous example of back in like the seventeen hundreds or something ridiculously a long time ago with tulips. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever heard about that, but like there was this like tulip craze where like tulip seeds became this like super highly valued thing that like people were literally using like as currency it was like yeah. worth more than gold at I mean, one people point people are using like spices as spice yeah. were like gold back then but things that was kind of like the first in recorded history but that, that I can shit think was of. at least real like the thing with like sneakers or clothing and shit like mm -hmm. they at least are tangible and real like yes i could potentially i'm not going to like most of the clothes i get i like because it's like casual comfortable and like durable mm -hmm. so it's like this i've had this sweatshirt for like i don't know four or five years now mm -hmm. and it's great and it's comfortable and it's like a fleece material yeah and i can i can walk out of the house and not feel like i'm in sweatpants and a sweatshirt hoodie mm -hmm. even though i am because well, yeah i paid more money than a cheap champion hoodie well, or sweatshirt that's kind of what like you know i'm not like if I always say like, okay, like you take like a Gucci bag mm -hmm. and people will get like fake Gucci bags. We're like, oh, that's fake. But it's like, okay, 
Yeah, they're let's, made in the same factory, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's take a step back and actually examine the bag itself, and let's assess its actual intrinsic value. Is a Gucci bag necessarily far more high quality than another bag made by another brand that is using the same materials, the same type of whatever, but just doesn't have the word Gucci, you know, stapled on it or whatever. And the answer is probably not. So people pay for the brand. Well, why do they pay for the brand? Because subconsciously, um, when you have a Gucci, like that's it's just something like and and look well, maybe once this- you have a brand like the brand is what you're selling. It's not really. I mean, think about like at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. There's Cheerios and then there's like Circleos, <laughs> Market Fresh Circleos. <laughs> you're not gonna get those. You're gonna get the Cheerios. Yeah, you don't. You want, know what I mean? You don't want Circleos. I will say that Circleos are not nearly as good. Like <laughs> and a lot, not, and most of the time they're not as good. Well, that's true. Even that's true. And but you know what? Like for spices and shit, like uh, you know, this isn't anything new, but obviously with my family having, you know, they worked at McCormick and shit, like mm-hmm. McCormick does private label spices for big box stores. So mm-hmm. they'll make for like a Walmart or a Sam's Club, their store brand spices is the same exact shit that's Weird. in a McCormick thing. But for whatever reason, Coming out of the McCormick tin, it tastes better. I don't know why. It does, and it, it, it's it, like it, fresher somehow. I don't know why. It speaks to the subconscious. I'm not gonna lie. Look, look, I'm just as much of a victim to this as anyone else. Yeah, you we're know? suckers. Like when I get a, a new guitar, um, like I want, you got that guitar. You know, you got the fucking uh, yeah. I wanted the PRS. The I wanted PRS, the fucking you know? Maryland made, and I didn't want one made in Korea. I wanted one made in Maryland. That was important mm-hmm. to me, so I got that. I have my fucking certificate that it was made in maryland hanging behind it right there you know and when i got my fender telecaster i wanted the top tier of the line thing i wanted uh american made i wanted the best version of that and like but that's because those things to me but those things have you know they matter they have actual real world value like Mm -hmm. i can perform better at my business by buying the top quality shit or and if I'm too cheap to buy the and top quality shit, then I'm selling myself short. I'm limiting my own potential yeah. at that point. And I admit that's like a bad comparison because like, you know. Well, I mean that they're was making a it by I hand. Making, yeah. They're making it by hand locally versus it being made in a factory overseas. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't have brought that up. But when it no no no, I think I think <laughs> I was the one who said like, oh, it's just I mean, like I, I was using that as a comparison only to say that like I understand it in certain aspects. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think the NFT thing really exposed just how much of branding and marketing is like, like even going back to Rihanna, like seeing the Super Bowl commercial, she's got this like crazy, it looks like a fucking Dr. Seuss who's of Whoville, like weird, like loopy hairstyle. All I don't know if you've seen the commercial yet. No, I just saw it for the first time like one or two anymore. nights ago. <laughs> I was watching ESPN or something and I saw it and it's like when you see it that way, it's like then you like zoom when you're when you're younger, you just kind of see it for what it is. You're just like, oh, that's a thing. But then when you're older and especially when you do video for a living and like you see it for like objectively and you're like, okay, so 
some like fucking makeup artist was like, all right, we're going to give this crazy hairstyle. And he put you in front of this backdrop and like, look like really intense and serious. Like, look like, don't yeah. smile. Just look like you're like, you're uh, fierce. You're, you're so fierce. beautiful. You're so fierce. Give me a ride. Yeah. And then they fucking film it and the lighting's <laughs> all cool and they have music in the background and like all this fucking chant. Like, Rihanna, where have you been? It's been six years, blah, blah, blah. And they like hype this up and like, look pissed. Look sexy you're pissed. You're so pissed. You're so pissed, but you're also hot. You're pissed because you're so hot. Hot. Lift your chin up. And it's like <laughs> you see it that way and you're like, this is goofy, dude. Like if you really if you really go behind how stuff is marketed to us, it's fucking goofy. And then when you get old, and I think that's why, you know, like, I think that's why when people get older, they just care less about shit. Like, I like sometimes low key think it's almost adorable that my mom will like talk about like a sitcom on like network television. She's Mm -hmm. like, oh, have you seen this one? I'm like, no, mom, nobody, nobody watches this TV. Like, you know, but it's like, but then I, I, so I'm like, feel the word bad seems weird but like i feel bad because i feel like i'm like oh you don't know that you're like totally like irrelevant in like today's culture like Mm -hmm. nobody's talking about but then i think i'm like wait she doesn't give a shit yeah like older people are like dude i got kids you guys are all caught up in that shit like i got a fucking house i got a job i'm ready to retire i'm not interested in being cool You know, like, I don't care about being cool. I don't care about being relevant. Some fucking 22-year-old girl walks down the street and says something to my mom. It's like, okay, bitch, like, why don't you go get fucking pregnant or something? I don't fucking care. (laughs) The fuck? Yeah, I'm watching fucking So Help Me Todd. Get over it. You know, I'm watching fucking ghosts, you know? So Help Me Todd. Yeah. Like, it was shit. So it's like. I've never even heard of that, but that sounds like a very network television Oh, it's so network. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when we would be like, when I was living at the house and, uh, you know, we'd all be like pre-gaming in my basement and I would be thinking when I'm 19, I'm like, why aren't my parents, like, how come they're just chilling on a Friday? Like, I can't believe they don't want to go out and get drunk. And then I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, I feel bad for them. Meanwhile, they're like, dude, you live in my basement. Yeah. You feel bad for me? <laughs> I feel bad for you. This is the highlight of your week, you know? It's mm. like, so you you get kind of tapped out of it. So I don't know if that's what's happening. But also, I will say, there are certain things, like with how high taylor swift ticket prices were that it's like that there's no way that anyone could possibly justify that getting like fucking lawn level distant seats at a taylor swift concert is worth the fucking fourteen thousand dollars whatever ridiculous price it's like the only way you could possibly explain that is hype culture it's that you could have seen this same person in concert last year for a reasonable amount of money, but then for whatever reason, these weird cultural waves happen. Now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this person that we've known about for the past 15 years mm-hmm. is now the most sought-after concert of all fucking time, well, and now you're paying like, for a car to go see her sing. It's also that combined with like um, like the reseller culture that happened. Mm-hmm. like Because sneaker resellers have been a thing for a while, but then people realize like, oh... We could do this with cameras. We could do this with computers. We could do this with the PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. We could do this with every single thing ever. Mm. Like, people literally will resell anything now. It's fucking weird. And it kind of just ruins it for the entire consumer. Yeah. I mean, I think the only... Look, I mean, the the reality is, and I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but my... um, I know I've mentioned this, but my girlfriend working for the artist down in, in Miami... 
Like he was doing this one thing. His name is Peter Tunney. Check it out. I never met him personally, but he seems he's obviously a very successful artist. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, selling. I, I walk in there and I, you know, I have no idea what's going on. Like I see this gallery and then I look at the price tag for a painting and it's literally no exaggeration, like seventy five thousand dollars for a painting. Yeah. And that's when you realize, like, okay, this is legit. Like this is like, you know, I don't know. It is weird because then you hear about like, okay, so he's renting out galleries in New York. He's got galleries in LA. He's got galleries in Miami, galleries in fucking overseas and shit. So like he's paying like tens of thousands of dollars a month in rent alone. Mm -hmm. And then when you justify, you know, he's got a whole staff of people that he has paid on like daily salary wages and stuff like that to make these paintings. Um the 75,000 makes more sense because it's yeah. like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, so you fucking sit in your fucking apartment and whip up a painting and all of a sudden that's worth eight. That's like, no, but that kind of is what an NFT is. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like, I feel like, and, and modern art really is the original NFT yeah. because a painting of, you know, like it's the original money laundering. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did I, do we ever, but also it's like, um, like I'm sure that, guy has made such a name for himself and is so established that he could probably take like you know he'd go to a flea market get a 20 dollar painting hanging up at his gallery and say it's twenty thousand. One hundred percent. you know what i mean do you know what he did that this really tuned me into that he had this idea it was called tunny money mm. and so what he did was he got like wood blocks mm-hmm. in the shape of gold bars spray painted them gold and had them carved in like um embossed in to say like have like a number and he only made like a hundred or something like that i forgot the exact amount but he only made like a like a limited amount of these things and he called a ton of money and he was selling these for ten thousand dollars a piece oh my god and all it was was a block of wood yeah spray painted gold with a number and the whole theory of it was well we're gonna have this at a limited amount and so again Another example of how it's not the thing itself that has value, but it's what that thing says about the person that has it. If I'm a person that has one of those things, then that says that I have money to spend. I'm valuable. If I have the Gucci belt, that Gucci belt is not necessarily any better than the fucking belt you bought at Walmart. Not necessarily. I mean, it may be a little bit better, but I'm sure if you bought like a nice normal brand belt made out of like good material and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Is it really any worse than a fucking Gucci belt? Nah, no. But then I can't look like Chief Keef. Then you can't have the fucking Gucci on your waist because it's not about the belt itself. It's about what the brand that you're wearing says. It's about the fact that that belt, if I'm wearing that belt, it says, yeah, I had $5,000 to just drop on a belt. And so now the whole value of that thing is not even about the valuing th- those belts a bit. <laughs> I don't know how much they fucking. I'm sure you could buy like, Gucci belts for five thousand. Oh, probably. I just remember when I worked at the movie theater, like every single one of like my new hire ushers, they would like literally blow their first paycheck on a Gucci belt, and it would only be, you know they. I think they're like anywhere from like 150 bucks to 300 bucks for like yeah. the low end ones. For sure, for sure. But and that was like a thing where I was like, damn, Trey got the Gucci belt. <laughs> well, of course. And it, it, it's a weird culture thing too to to see that like that's where people's values lie. Like the amount of people that like their the first money they come into contact with, their first uh, goal is to start looking like they have money. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what looks like you have money? Having a car. Doesn't matter what kind of car, just have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, if you live on your own, that says you have money. Like there's so many things you can do that actually have value. Like actually, but instead you go and drop your first $300 paycheck 
on a fucking belt to look like you have money, but now you don't have any money because it's all on your belt. You know, it's a weird cultural thing, and it's kind of um. I get when people talk about like consumerist culture and capitalism. Yeah, why capitalism is evil? Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like you know, they what? did get us good. It's kind of our fault because I exist in the same society as everyone else in this society. It's not like and I'm then in- also when you're younger, like you're more susceptible to it. Yes, yes, that's true. But you also have to give people, like, you can't give them too much leeway and just blame the system because the system only works because of the cogs in place. Mm-hmm. It's like peep, human nature itself has a desire to show status, and it's always existed. It's not a capitalist thing. It's not a anything. It, it's, it's human nature, you know? You look at fucking birds, and they're all fucking getting the shiniest fucking rocks to put in their thing so they can attract females. I mean, this stuff goes so far beyond human beings and our economic systems that, like, it is this weird, innate thing in human nature to try to display status, you know, and then and then capitalism merely takes advantage of that, you know? And, and I don't even know, like, you know, it's not a coincidence that capitalism exists. You know, capitalism is an example of just the way the world works in general. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at nature, nature's capitalist, you know? I've always said that. It's like capitalist is not a so- capitalism is not a social construct. Capital social constructs are biological constructs. The way nature works is the yeah, best fucking nature is trickle down economics. It is. The best <laughs> like there's no there's no fucking like a communism. Yeah, a shark eats a fish, but the fucking lamprey on its side is sucking its yeah. blood Sur- nutrients from that as well. Survival of the fittest. That's what it really comes down to. And so, like, you look at animals, there's no, like, fucking socialism in nature. There's no, like, oh, how come this deer doesn't get as much fucking grass as the other? It, how come this lion is starving to death and this lion's... Well, because that lion sucks. That lion couldn't figure it out. And he's dying, and now that lion won't now be able to... Now he's pretending to be a lioness. Yeah. And <laughs> now he's pretending to be a cuttlefish, which is not working out for him, not passing at all. <laughs> but it's like, okay, so then you look at that, and it's like, okay, so now that lion dies, because, and so he doesn't get to reproduce, and so nature as a whole progresses forward because it's like, okay, all the lions that like couldn't figure out how to make it work in this environment die off. They don't reproduce. Their kids don't eat because they couldn't get food. So that lineage dies off, and only the ones that could survive continue to prosper until the next generation and then the whole thing starts over again that's nature and that sounds a lot like capitalism to me mm-hmm. you know so i don't know i mean i like i just look at like the marketing thing and it, it's like it is such a seemingly necessary aspect of of branding and doing that but i think i just can't you know if i were to take take a step back and just examine like on a personal level it's like I don't know if I could ever take myself seriously if I were to like jump through those hoops of like like pretending to be this thing or like buying into the hype or like playing it like as they call in professional wrestling living the gimmick where like all of a sudden like you know this is what people think I am so now I have to be that fucking guy or whatever like that and it just seems like such a a vital aspect of of getting that big. You know what I mean? Like you you see these people and it's like there's no way you are actually at this larger than life figure that people look at you as, you yeah. know? I mean, did you you watch the Kanye doc though, right? Um uh, the one on not Netflix. all of it, but I saw some of it. One of the first things he talked about was, you know, obviously he's a hot topic nowadays, mm-hmm. but when that doc came out, it was really interesting to watch because it's like, oh damn, like this is very personal intimate footage of him literally from way before he was famous mm-hmm. coming up just because this dude that he used to hang around with was like 
I can see this guy going places. But what he talked about was like the first check that he got. He went and bought a Louis belt because mm-hmm. he was like, you know, this is like the life that I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. And I know that like this shit is like going to be my day to day shit and mm-hmm. it matters. And like, you know, five, ten years from now, I'm going to get all my shit from Louis. So like I might as well just get the belt first. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, even with watches, too. Like, my brother's really it's like into, like... like faking it till you make it, you know? My brother's really into, like, watches and stuff and, like, jewelry. Like, he's always liked that shit. And I've always gotten into base. And I'm just like, dude, like, what is the... Like... And I get it. Like, I've talked about it with my watch. It's like, you know, it, it's kind of stupid to have a watch that's pretending to be gold. Mm. Like, this watch is just, like, painted gold. It's, like, dumb. It's like, you know, why are you, why are you trying to look like you have a gold watch? Yeah. Just fucking make it like fucking 10 or whatever the fuck it is this watch is like a 100 bucks you know i like it because it tells me the time Mm -hmm. you know but then you look at rolexes and they're like fucking ten thousand twenty thousand hundred thousand dollars like dude there's no fucking way that you could possibly in my in my own mind there's no way you could justify wearing a a, a fifteen thousand dollar watch i just don't get it and then people will be like Oh, well, it's you know, an it's an investment. You can reset. It's like, okay, but are you like, yeah, are you I guess do maybe, that? I don't know. I just never, and it, like I said, to each his own, you know, I'm not here to knock on people's things, but if you can't see how that kind of consumerism gets like ingrained in you to just feel like, you know, when people get their first cut of money, it's like the first thing I'm going to do is get that Rolex I've been eyeing up. It's like, why, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you put a down payment on a house? Like, Think yeah, of all the same things, amount of money. Yeah, think of all the things you could do with fifteen thousand dollars that actually are valuable and actually have meaning in your life, mm. as opposed to this watch. That being said, I did buy a fake Rolex just because I was like, "This is funny." Well, I respect <laughs> it for the get for the bit because it's also like it was only like a hundred bucks, and it's like okay, I can get a hundred dollar watch that looks like a knockoff Rolex, and it's called a fucking Rontex or some shit. Rontex, or I could get a fake. Rolex that says Rolex for the same money. Boom. Yeah. It's like, boom. Why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> yeah, nobody fucking knows the difference. Nobody fucking knows the difference. Exactly. Um, yeah, so hype culture, you know, it ain't going anywhere. It's only getting worse. We're only getting more into the fucking matrix as we go along. Um, bringing it to the next pers- uh, relevant topic that we touched upon before. Mm. Um, speaking of hype culture, uh, your boy Andrew Tate, dude. He's boy. your boy. Andrew you Tate, love bro. Andrew Tate. God, I, I know. See he... fucking retweet his ass every other day. Oh, give me a break. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> no, I, I, I might have. I don't. Fucking... <laughs> I may have retweeted him at some point. I think, like, he's hasn't really been worth talking about up mm-hmm. until now, just because he wasn't in jail yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I never got. I never understood like his big come up until this past week. There was like a Vice documentary. Yeah, about him. I don't know if you watched any of that. Um, I think I've seen clips of it and stuff. I, I think I know what you're talking about. How he had that like whole like marketing scheme of like he had so he had like his pyramid shit. scheme basically like where it, so originally the marketing shit that he did was like how to start your own webcam harem. Mm-hmm. Basically, use the lover boy method to trick a bunch of women into being your uh, online prostitutes. Mm-hmm. You make them fall in love with you, you get them to start webcamming, and then they give you all the money. And okay. he literally had a step by step guide on his website how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, the lover boy method is also a um, 
a way to get people sex trafficked and it's yes. literally um illegal <laughs> so, it is well it's very funny that he had it written out like that on his mm-hmm. website it's all like i think it's all erased now because yeah. he transitioned from that into like some like alpha male mindset type shit yeah i forgot which one came first i gotta be honest like when i first just saw him around like there are there are a lot he of he was like he came out of nowhere on Instagram and like TikTok and everything mm-hmm. like two months ago mm-hmm. and he like skyrocketed to fame. What he does I know he was like a kickboxer or something originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what the fuck else he did. He uh, what what this does is again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take a step back, and as always, I'm gonna have to blame society on this. Um he has tapped into something that society is missing. And the reason why someone like Andrew Tate can succeed to the level he has is because he's filling a gap in the market that is uh, is is wanted. <laughs> the misogyny gap. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And unfortunately, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Yeah, unfortunately, that is a gap. It's a gap, but it's not necessarily misogyny. I would venture to say what happens is you have a gap in the market of of masculinity, and then when you take positive real male role models, in my opinion, when you when you lambast positive real male role models, sorry, I'm having a tough time speaking. Right, I think it's the, the Purell in my whiskey. I think, I'm getting, <laughs> you I think got it's spiked. really spiked. Yeah, I think I'm getting fucking <laughs> just fucking you know, pass out. Um, when you take that out. It only leaves room for the worst of the worst. And so now what happens is the gap in in the market for positive masculinity is then uh, hijacked by toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of young men that are out there looking to hear things that are kind of embracing the idea of being a man and, and embracing the idea of saying like, dude, like, fuck you telling me like, I'm just being honest. Like, you know, like there is a. Well, it's like it's. It's like veiled on the like premise that it's like edgy. It's like mm-hmm. edgy comedy. Oh, he's just a character. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually hate women. Look, he has all these women living with him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he stole their passports so they can't leave Romania. Well, look at guys like okay, Jordan Peterson is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Rogan's a good example of what I would consider to be very positive male role models. Now, those guys are constantly under scrutiny. Um, in mainstream culture for their takes on things that are not toxic, they're not misogynist, they're just honest, you know, like you and, and a lot of people, a lot of people, not just men, yeah, listen I to mean, that and to go be fair. So, I agree with Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson maybe started off like that, but then he, like, I don't know, dude, he he went weird when he was like, You have to do an all meat diet. And also yeah. now my brain is failing because I've only eaten meat for the last year. Yeah, I think that's an I'm example. I'm actually in a coma. My <laughs> daughter had to put me in induced coma <laughs> because I only have meat <laughs> in my body. I think that, um, look, just like any human being on the planet, I don't, like, I was, um, I'm not going to lie, like, I was disappointed when he, I mean, I was literally disappointed, and I know this sounds shitty to say, but I was disappointed when I found out he had like a really big like opioid issue, mm. and I think that it, it kind of exposed the vulnerability of these people that that people aren't perfect, mm-hmm. and um, you know, this guy that's constantly teaching about like cleaning your room, figuring your own <laughs> shelf out is like also I'm a pillhead. I still love that the cleaning is your room is like his biggest contribution to society yeah but you know but what? i mean it is true it's, like that that kind of shit is true but like 
that's that's the same thing that you're talking about with like that's a gap that needed to be filled mm-hmm. with a positive role model. Mm-hmm. But then once they run out of talking about that shit, then they move on to the crazier shit. Well, yeah, because people have a very distinct place in the cultural zeitgeist. Not everything you do, not everything you think is su- supposed to be relevant on a on a world scale. I mm-hmm. mean, like you look no, at musicians, for, sure. for instance, like you see musicians, it's like, you know, you you like their music and then you listen to them like talk about politics and you're like, I don't fucking agree with this guy at all. And what it teaches you is, oh, this isn't like a Jesus-like figure mm-hmm. that is just everything they think yeah, and do is human. right. Yeah, they're still human. They don't have everything figured out. They just out. make great music that is worthy of global attention, but that doesn't mean that every one of their... Uh, that doesn't mean that they have a lot of very important, worthwhile things to say about math mm-hmm. or fucking politics or anything else. So it's like, you, you realize that, like, okay, so Jordan Peterson filled this... That's why I, like... That's why I still like Joe Rogan a lot, just because he at least at the end of the day knows he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And he will self-admit that. Yes. Whenever he brings up a topic, he's like jumping into the deep end. But you have this you have this culture right now in society that is very clearly kind of promoting ideas that like whenever something is wrong in your life, when if you don't feel happy, if you don't feel this, if you don't feel like you're fulfilled. It's this outward expression of like you're mad at like the the world. Like there's two different ways you can look at the world. You can either look at it and say, I hate my life and that is the world's fault. Like it's the way society's set up. It's capitalism. It's this. It's that. It's blah, 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 blah. And that's why my life sucks. Or you can look at it and say, look, I have a lot better chance of of changing myself than changing the world. And so maybe, you know, the answer comes from within where if I'm not happy, if I'm not successful, if I'm not fulfilled, I can make changes in my own life to uh, to change that. And so when you talk about like Jordan Peterson's idea of like cleaning your room, like that is a very powerful and it seems so simplistic to guys like you and me that, mm-hmm. that grew up in a kind well, of environment that promoted that. That was the thing with Andrew Tate too, where he was like the first guy that these people were scrolling through TikTok, the kids, mm-hmm. like these 13 year old boys scrolling to, to, through TikTok and they see this like kind of buff dude and he's like, yeah. you have to go work out. You have to go work out because sluts are fucking everywhere. And you got to be able to choke them out. You got to be able to choke the sluts with your muscles. Do you he does want a have Bugatti? a weird accent. Yeah. Do you want a Bugatti? You have to go to the gym. I mean, I think that's part of getting a Bugatti. To be honest. I don't think you can get a Bugatti without getting a little bench guy. Get a Bugatti? In there. Get women to cam for you. Look. Because this this conversation is really making me think and really making me kind of uh kind of clarify some things here. Um, people only see uh at the top level the cream that rises to the top. The most well, do you know why he? Well, I mean, we kind of touched on it for a second, but like basically he used his pyramid multi level marketing like you know self help course or whatever. Mm-hmm. Part of the program was. Hey, everybody needs to make TikToks of my podcast or whatever the fuck, all of his content, mm-hmm. and put that on your own accounts and mm-hmm. flood TikTok. And basically, like, it's like throwing fucking, like, you know, darts at a board. Eventually, you're going to hit a fucking bullseye. Yeah. yeah. So he had, like, you know, 50, or I don't even know how many people are signed up, but oh, like, tons. even if it's like a couple hundred people putting up TikToks of you every day, mm-hmm. like, 
of course you're gonna fucking get into the algorithm it's a I and mean, then it's yeah. it's good because then okay this is like content that's not allowed on tiktok that's fine it's not on my account mm-hmm. fucking random joe schmo from illinois is getting banned yeah. off tiktok he flooded the market with himself and you got to give it to him. That's a pretty fucking genius way of doing it. I mean, I'm not saying that I would do it, but or but I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Like no. if, if you were doing that, like in a good way, promoting like a, you know, a different message, I'd be like, well, or that's like, pretty fucking smart. Apparently, um, like, uh, I don't know. I was actually thinking about this. We can make a contest of being like, hey, someone make a clip of the podcast Whoever has the most popular clip gets 50 bucks or 100 yeah. bucks or whatever. Yeah, that's a great fucking idea. I mean, yeah. that's that's literally like that kind of thing. But for him, not- he was having people pay him and then he would make them do work for him still, <laughs> which is hilarious because he eventually turned all these like men who, you know, who wanted pussy so bad they would pay $50 a month to another man across the world who was trying like and then ended up being there he, like all the he turned all these men into his webcam models basically <laughs> well yeah essentially and that that's okay so what andrew tate is is a pimp and yeah. and i mean that in the the dictionary version of that now for sure when i look at guys like even trump for instance and this this goes back to the example of what i'm trying to get at which is that there like there's a gap in my opinion in society where it has become a cultural norm to kind of uh shame like just confident male tendencies and just the idea that like masculine traits are like inherently like it's not something you don't hear people like talk about like the benefits like being like a a man and doing this and like playing sports and fucking doing that like we have this weird culture that's almost like oh all that shit is like stupid it's barbaric it's brutish it's dumb you have to like evolve and be like not like some stupid fucking alpha guy and it's like no no no. so what happens is look at a guy like trump it's a great example and this is why i blame society because if you don't like trump you at least have to acknowledge that what he said, the, the message that he was preaching, he preached it differently. He preached in this very bombastic, unapologetic, go-fuck-yourself way that people didn't like. Mm-hmm. But the actual things he was talking about are things that, for instance, closing the border on the southern border, that was a Democratic position in the, in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Fucking his stances on all kinds of things are not crazy stances. And yeah. they actually— well, it, was, it was all stuff that resonated with the— country that wasn't the coast you know what i mean exactly the east coast or the west coast but what happens is you had all these republican candidates these fake poser dudes who like they 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 you know like they're just politicians they're not that bright they just they read the script they tow the party line and trump they, had riz they were he did he had riz they were the <laughs> politicians as a general rule are afraid are of fucking being losers they're afraid of 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 um you know causing a ripple they're afraid of roughing anybody's feathers they just want to get voted in next next fucking semester whatever you call it next term and so they they as society started being like no no we don't want that they would be like oh i guess you're right okay blah 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 and then so so there was a whole market of people that wanted people and those ideas to be on a mainstream scale but all the people that were supposed to be representing them pussied out and so the only people that like rose to the top were the people that were so fucking just like i don't give a fuck what you think this is how it's gonna fucking be and then that's the person you wind up with but that's not because 
all these fucking middle America uh, Republicans are just these racist, hateful people. It's because they had, they were supposed to have people that represented yeah, no. them in a fair and normal well, and then way. And also, they, and they got told like lies, basically. They got told what they wanted to hear, which every politician does. Mm-hmm. Every politician lies, but like they were promised like we're going to we're going to help infrastructure nationwide mm-hmm. that never happened we're going to do this we're going to do that like we're going to bring back the fucking coal mines <laughs> or whatever the fuck <laughs> like which i think that did happen unfortunately i think it, look look but, things like, i don't fucking know what happened all i'm saying is the line goes on on both sides going to yeah. andrew tate but it wasn't like, like yeah no i agree with you like in the beginning trump wasn't like he he was just saying normal shit that every politician says. Yeah. But then like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of like um I don't know, like once uh hmm, what's a good analogy for this? Like once you once you like call someone someone a monster enough times, they're going to become one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he originally wasn't this crazy fucker Mm -hmm. but like at the end of his term like they fucking made him into it it. became his brand yeah it became his brand and that's kind of you know all circling back to our original but then also like you lose the normal fucking people that were backing you and all you have left left is the crazies and now here's the reality in his uh all uh, you have left is the people that went to january 6th well yeah in his most recent (laughs) campaign he very clearly has, you know, been advised by someone. You can tell that his approach is different. He's trying to take this more like middle of the road, like low key approach. I don't know if just because he's older now. I mean, you got to remember the guy's in his late seventies now. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's like there is a, you know, the seventy to eighty uh, timeline is, uh, I would imagine, one of the biggest uh, declines in a person's life, just mm-hmm. in terms of like their energy and just their whole thing. So you can tell that he's kind of like like uh you know diluted his approach a little bit and because it's so out of tune with his brand a lot of people really aren't enthused about his candidacy like it's not really a super relevant thing like it's been established that he is planning on running in 2024 but people aren't really talking about it as much as you would expect or as much as it was a big deal because he himself has has dialed back to like what he has been told is like a more effective political uh approach and it's not resonating with people the same way uh, if he were just continue doing what he was doing. So there's an aspect of that. As it goes to Andrew Tate, I guess my whole point is um, he, as a pimp, the whole job of a pimp is to identify weaknesses in people, identify um, market gaps, and fill them. Look, there's a gap for sex in, in regular society market. There's a lot of guys who don't get pussy and they want pussy. Guess what? Every guy wants pussy the same amount. The difference is some guys can get it and some guys can't. So boom, here you go. Now we have prostitutes. And guess what? Those prostitutes, people that are, sorry, people that are willing to sell their, their body for money to let random guys fuck them for a certain amount of money, they're not always the most stable, put together people. They usually have problems of themselves. And so those people also desire a sense of stability and protection from someone else and that's where the pimp comes in so the pimp comes in and says okay look you be part of my fucking thing and then you can go do the thing that you're gonna do and i'll provide you with the system and the resources and the protection and the organization all that other stuff so when you look at like what he does the most glaring example of that is the fact that and i I gotta be honest before um before this whole thing 
really blew up about him. I didn't really think one way or the other about Andrew Tate. I've heard interviews with him where a lot of the stuff he said made sense, and I agree with a lot of the stuff. And I think if most people were to listen to him in an extended format and just listen to him broadly uh, speaking about certain issues as opposed to just hearing sound clips of the worst possible out-of-context things you can imagine, um, you would you would find a lot of things in there that you'd be like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much like, there's no debating that he's in my opinion, there's no, there's no denying that he's not a pretty with it, intelligent, uh, you know, guy. The problem is he also, he's a narcissist. Yeah. Like he, like, and I think that was his biggest downfall. Like he, he just broadcasted all of the, the shit, the illegal shit he was doing to anyone who would listen. Like, something that happened in the Vice documentary, which fucking, like, uh, originally he was being investigated in England for, you know, rape and a bunch of other shit. Mm -hmm. And some of the texts that he sent to one of the victims that the police really fumbled the bag on because they're, like, uh, I don't know. They're not good with it over there. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. But one of the texts he sent one of the girls was, like, is it bad that when you don't want it when i rape you that's what gets me off the most like he literally texted one of his victims that he raped her (laughs) and the police saw that and were like yeah but also we have this other text with one of his other victims that you guys both texted like hey should we bring up the fact that we were drunk one of the nights that one of the assaults happened Mm -hmm. and the police were like actually you guys probably wanted it yeah well, okay, there's two things about that. The story, the whole pizza box story, I don't... It's fucking hilarious. I, 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 It's hilarious, but I, I'm be real. I don't think that's really the way it went. And I think they even talked the remote... Because the whole, the whole narrative was... It might not have happened he that got way, some, but like, I what? like to think it happened it, that it, way. It's a, it's a great movie so, plot. So here's... so Sorry to cut you off. No, no, can yeah, you the, tell the, it while I take yeah, this real quick? The pizza box thing with Andrew Tate was... Uh, so the story is, and I, I believe it, uh, the Romanian police were investigating him for a while, and they were just waiting for the right time to nab him. And because he travels around so much, they didn't know when he would be in Romania. But uh, like Greta Thunberg clapped at him on Twitter, and he clapped back with a video response. And in the video, he had a pizza box in frame uh, from a local pizza shop that is only a chain in Romania. So the Romanian authorities saw the pizza box on his fucking desk and were like, perfect, let's fucking roll this boy in. Uh, so that's that's the pizza box story. Um, apparently also, like, so him, his brother got arrested. One of the girls that was basically his Jelaine Maxwell got arrested as well as I don't know if it was a former cop or a current cop. He had one of he had a Romanian police officer like in his harem that got rolled up with him. Uh I was just saying Jimmy was on a pee break. Oh, I heard but, you. I heard you. So he got he got rolled up with his brother, his basically Jelaine Maxwell woman that would procure uh women for him mm-hmm. and then also uh, either an ex or a current police officer that was also in the ranks. Yes. Now, that's a good um, comparison you make there between like the Gisling, what is it, Gisling, Gisling, I don't fucking know how it's pronounced, Gil, how did you say it, Gisling, Gilane. okay, we'll go with that, I've always, I've always been a Gisling guy, mm. so, I mean, but, it might be that, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking I've know, I've only ever read it's it, it's a weird fucking name, I've never met her myself, yeah, so. <laughs> they don't talk about her enough to actually know how to pronounce her name, yeah, but, okay, so, 
look at her. That's a good example. Mm-hmm. Epstein, clearly a fucking creep, clearly, but again, a pimp. And he is tapping into this thing where, you look, I don't know why it is, but there appears to be a tremendous market, partic- particularly in the high classes. And I don't, maybe not, maybe it's just one of those things where like there's an equal desire for like, I don't know why. Look, there's clearly a desire in society for underage girls. There's a reason why wr18.com exists. There's a reason why barelylegal.com exists. There's a reason why these things exist. And like, so oh, you're going to bust another one out. <laughs> there's a reason why I have subscriptions to all these websites. Like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> Need I go on? <laughs> Just graduated.cc. <laughs> Almost not legal.org. Um, Lock me the fuck up. I need help. <laughs> um, there's a reason why all that exists. And so um, I guess when you are rich enough, you have the money and the resources to be able to like access these like weird like, loopholes. My life a movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 we are 18. No. Um, there's a reason why that all exists. And then so Epstein was tapping into that. And then he gets this Gislaine Maxwell character to kind of be like his um uh bait, you know, like his she's a recruiter, top bitch. Is she a victim? No. Nobody's accusing Gislaine Maxwell of being a victim. She was complicit in the thing. And this is this is kind of what I'm getting at. It's like I don't see these okay, I know that the way it's been pitched, mm-hmm. um, is that Andrew Tate is holding these women prisoners or whatever. I don't fucking know. All I'm saying is he tells a story, and the way he told the story was, and this is exactly verbatim what he said. I think I forgot what interview it was on. Um, it might have been on the Impulsive with Logan Paul or whatever, or maybe the Barstool, a Barstool podcast. I'm not sure. But on one of these podcasts, he publicly talked about how um, when he was first kind of getting canceled, he was like, dude, I need to figure out a way to make money. And he was like, I had five girlfriends at the time. I can't do a fucking accent. Nobody knows what his accent is. It's like every accent He's combined. like, no, it's crazy. He's apparently like mixed. He's like a mixed English dude. Mm, that makes sense. It's yeah. just like he he's like American one sentence and the next mm-hmm. sentence he's like from fucking Liverpool. It's like, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, so he's telling stories like I had five girlfriends at the time and then I was like, fuck it. I need to make money. So I, I flew them all in. None of these girls knew about each other at the time. None of them knew that he had four other girlfriends. Mm. Um, so he flies them all in and he sits them down. And this is the first time they're all in a room together. And they're all like, who are you? And he's like, I'm his girlfriend. They're like, well, I'm his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he explains the whole business model. He's like, look, what we're going to do is we're going to start this webcam company. We're going to do this, blah, 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 blah. And so he said three out of the five after that, you know, they're all getting in fights and obviously like whatever. And then three of them leave, two of them stay, two of them decide they're going to go along with it. And so from that point, he does this whole thing. And this is honestly where I lost a ton of respect for him because I don't like people that play on other people's weaknesses. And, and that's something that like even um, a lot of like more conservative leaning people that were kind of in his corner when this whole thing kind of broke out, when they found out about that, it's like, well, I, I can't really say that I'm like sad that you're getting nabbed the way you are because even if what he's doing isn't illegal which i don't know the fucking laws not to be like if yeah. you are like you're just a cat- big fan of monogamy like no i'm just saying like it's sad because like he <laughs> was just kidding he just told kidding. this whole thing where he was like so like you know we have these models and and like you know kind of like only fans chicks what nick oldershaw talks about where like mm-hmm. 
he was like the the guy who would like do the messaging for them so like you know they're working and then like they go to sleep but like during that time like there's a whole staff of people that are like doing the dms like talking to these guys and getting them to send money and like oh i'm gonna meet up with you i just need this amount of money to do this and he's just running like a nigerian prince scam basically yeah. on all these lonely men who think that they've somehow matched with this like insanely hot Ukrainian chick or whatever, Romanian chick, and they're like, oh, I'll fly you into the fuck. And I, I knew somebody personally in my life, uh, a friend of my parents, a uh, relative that like was taken for like thousands and thousands of Got dollars. from Yeah, kind of like that. And so it's a thing. I don't really actually know the legality of that, especially between countries, like maybe in America. I don't know. Maybe that's why he went to Romania to do it. Um, well, I think he, after he um, skirted the charges in the UK, he was like, let me go to like a place where uh, my money is going to make me look incredibly more rich than mm-hmm. I am. And then also has probably, you know, he was like, oh, the Romanian police force, they're never going to fucking get me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, that... It's like the UK couldn't get me. <sighs> Romania is not going to get me. I I do not grant the women that were involved in this scheme... I don't grant them victimhood. I don't. I think that they were all I think that they were all complicit. I think they were all making money. I think that there is a large um mm. component yeah. of society where I don't know. look, I don't know, bro. <laughs> a lot of these if you watch the Vice documentary, a lot of them were like tormented. I'm like, sure they were like beaten, strangled, raped, like Mm-hmm. They were I'm like, sure the Vice documentary paints a certain Again, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying they definitely weren't. I'm just saying that there's enough examples in everyday society of um, women who completely take advantage of the fact that they can uh, uh, do that and make money doing that, and they do yeah, it. Yeah, but the, the thing that's crazy is that, like, they don't need him. They don't, like, the pimp... As an idea, as a person, I guess made sense more when you actually had to fuck the dude. But mm-hmm. now you can just post a picture of not even your pussy, you in your underwear, mm-hmm. and have it behind a $30 paywall. I mean, and at the same time. There's no need for that guy. At the same time, I mean, this guy with the whole fucking like pyramid scheme marketing tactic that he had, like he clearly proved that he was capable of, of taking something that maybe wasn't. But that's the thing. That's illegal. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is like, legal. You said no. It's illegal. To, to like the 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 lover boy method thing that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. The thing that like he self snitched himself on mm-hmm. is a tactic in like uh, not like I don't even know sex trafficking. I think yeah. Well, okay. Um, while I was taking a piss, you were telling the story about the thing. And I think this goes back to when I was talking about, um, when we were talking about like, uh, the way music is marketed and the way everything's marketed and branded. Um, I don't think that, and I just want to preface this whole tangent here. It's not a tangent cause it's relevant. Um, by saying, I think Andrew Tate is a dick after learning about just even whether or not, and this is the thing for me. Whether or not these women were complicit in it, and I'm not saying all of them were complicit. I'm also not saying that some of them weren't complicit. Like, 
I think that there's this weird kind of like binary, because I'm super woke, that we tend to be like, oh, every single woman that was making thousands of dollars off of this shit was a complete victim. They were prisoners. They didn't want anything to do with it. I don't think they were making any. I think he was taking all the money. Regardless, that whole story of like, uh, you know, with the fucking tweet tweet at uh, Greta Thunberg, which is a stupid tweet. It wasn't even like a good tweet. It was like the douchiest tweet ever. And then Greta Thunberg replies back. First of all, first first point of contention. I've watched plenty of Greta Thunberg. No, uh, and this is not a Greta Thunberg defense force over yeah, here. Like, she, she's annoying as well. She did not come up with that reply on her she's own. Also, she's also like... Um, now people talk about like plants in the music industry. She's a plant in the fucking activist community. Absolutely. So she has a whole staff of people that were like, oh, One perfect. Her, like parents like are yeah. fucking millionaires. Like, and they put her on that platform because that w- they're like, this this will be good for our child. Totally. Totally. They're stage our parents. Our child's a little bit slow. Yeah. So, so let's, let's make her fucking come out here and be this thing. They're stage parents. And that clapback, which was a good clapback. You would think that if um, she was capable of something like that, that you would have heard that ever at mm. any other point. But somehow behind a Twitter wall, uh, you know, she just comes up with this like fucking complete owning of this other guy. And it's like, no, sorry, there's a staff of people that were like, all right, this is what we're going to say. Yeah. So that's not Greta Thunberg but, sitting there be like, small dick energy. Sorry, she's sorry. It is pretty hilarious that he, in his, like, in his true form, Mm-hmm. His true self-snitching narcissistic form of like accidentally telling way too much about everything. Mm-hmm. He had the pizza box from a local chain that let the authorities know, okay, he's back in Romania. Let's fucking get him. Yes, but that's the thing. And I get that that could be a story, but also so could every fucking thing else that he lies about on podcasts. Well, totally. That you're totally, like, totally, this, is, this totally. is so cool. Yeah, I'm not saying it's cool. <laughs> I'm saying that that story, like, I'm sorry, there's sometimes when you hear a story and it just like, they, it's such a neat little bow on it. And you're like, but really? Also, that's that how it happened. Life works sometimes. They fucking I, all the. I want to believe that story so bad. Because it's good, but I'm sorry. I feel like I've also heard people, uh, you know, on other uh, avenues of information be like, look, the Romanian police came out we're like the pete like we got him we found out where he was we did that the whole story of like we got him because of a pizza box in a twitter reply is not how that happened and it's like yeah but also all the misinformation that his team put out that it was like oh it's an investigation about money laundering oh he's actually out of jail already like Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal and then all those stories got circled around and no he's still in jail he applied for bond they denied it he's in jail until the trial yeah yeah, which who knows when that's going to be in fucking Romania. I mean, Romania is not exactly known to be the most uh, uncorrupt place on the planet. Bro, Ask me how. Dracula his ass, bro. Yeah, they'll Cut fucking, his head off and put it on a stake. They'll suck him dry, baby. Whoops. Um, no, I like it, Whether or not that story is accurate, I guess my whole point is like we as outsiders, we are only uh, in touchness with whatever's going on in his life is through the medium of other people, third-hand, fourth-hand information, um, where everybody purveying that information has an an angle. And so if you're watching the Vice documentary, for sure they're going to spin it in a way where it's like everything he was doing is completely evil and like these fucking women were completely in prison. They had no choice, blah, blah, blah. And if you watch like a fucking right-wing thing, they're going to be like, no, that's bullshit. It wasn't this, blah, 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 blah. And so it's like for me, 
I just look at it and like my own personal opinion is like, it seems a little too perfect that that's actually what was going on. It just seems a little bit too much like, I mean, kind of like the whole thing with like the COVID backstory where it was like, oh, it was just a, you know, it was just a fucking wet market that happened to be in the same city where the lab that was synthesizing the virus also existed, but it actually had nothing to do with that. And it was actually just somebody ate like bat soup and then the bat had, the, and it's like, really? Because that seems like a yeah, really- the lab thing sounds more real. Yeah. It <laughs> and sounds, it was, probably. It probably was, but there was a time mm-hmm. when you couldn't even, like if, if you, in the beginning- times of covid if you went on facebook or instagram and pitched the idea that it was leaked from the wuhan coronavirus lab which i think went which really surprisingly was the first place that got covid yeah amazing very big coincidence um and i think what really broke that was when john stewart went on uh the colbert uh late night show and did that whole bit and then i think that kind of brought it to the mainstream we're like wait this is kind of uh kind of ridiculous to think that that's not what happened but this story that were pitched originally was this perfect like in it's a just, box it neat is and very tidy. silly that like people were like you're being racist saying that it came from a lab actually what happened a fucking bat <laughs> shit on an armadillo at a <laughs> wet market and then a chinese person ate that because that's you, what they eat over yeah, there yeah. and Obviously that's not he ate racist that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's racist that you would think it's not just because chinese people eat weird stuff <laughs> It's like, what? No, 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 no. I think your theory is racist. I'm just saying that they had scientists that accidentally were doing experiments and leaked the fucking virus. And you're saying, no, it's just because they're like really weird. Yeah, they eat fucking pangolins. (laughs) Yeah. So like I look at that and it's just been too many perfect examples throughout uh, every fucking issue where it's like, sorry, um, again, I know I've been blaming society a lot, but I'm going to blame society again. If you're wondering why I'm society not... society one more time. I'm going to blame society one more time <laughs> and say, if you're blaming me for not immediately subscribing to whatever the the uh, uh, first narrative of how things went um, is, then I'm going to say that's your fault because of the amount of times, not your fault, but society's fault. I'm going to say that's society's fault. Um, for how many times that we've been given an original narrative and been told that that is the way it happened and not to talk about any other options. And then a year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road, it comes out, oh, wait, that's not actually what happened. But at this point, it's over with, so who gives a fuck? Oh, fucking, you know, Vietnam War. You know, everybody, they're like, they fucking, Pearl Harbor, I'm sure there's fucking weird shit about that. Fucking, oh, they just randomly, they you know, Japan's in a fucking war already kind of having a hard time. And they their first thought was, Dude, let's fucking uh, let's bring in the biggest country in the world against us. Let's do that. That seems like a good tactical uh, strategy. Let's get the United States involved by attacking a random port in Hawaii for no seemingly apparent reason, and let's go lose. Let's lose. We're Japan. We're having a hard let's enough time. Lose the right to ever have a military yeah, in the future. Let's do that. Sorry, that doesn't add up. And then what happens is. As time goes on and then the world war is over and then people start talking like, well, actually, you know, like that probably is what happened. And then it's like, well, it's already over. So now nobody cares anymore. JFK was assassinated by the fucking CIA probably or the mob or something like that. But then it goes, you know, he's dead now. We got like 17 presidents since then. So so like now that we pretty much have accepted that most people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that was that wasn't like a lone actor. It's like it's too late. So like that is kind of the thing. Like I don't trust. I don't when when something happens and the next day there's a story that says exactly how it happened and it seems perfect. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't buy it. I don't fucking buy it. I really don't fucking buy that this entire think international are that creative to make a story up like that, Jimmy. I, they made up Dracula. 
<laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good true. story. That's a pretty good story. I mean, we fucking based a lot of movies off that shit. That's true. No, this is not a defensive answer. I was being the, the woke person that was talking about the white markets in that scenario. <laughs> Come on. I you mean, you think Chinese people have a lab that advanced? Oh, please. You think Romanians are creative? Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. No, so, you know, just to tie a neat little fucking bow on this, um, Andrew Tate, undeniably uh, kind of a douchebag. Mm -hmm. Is he guilty of everything he's accused of? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'd definitely say some of the stuff, definitely, (laughs) he's guilty of. (laughs) But but no, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's, you know, it's a, a topic that's in the very, you know, front of you everything right now. We had to talk about it. You got to talk we about it. We had to it. get through it. Um, oh, obviously, it was such a smooth transition from Taylor Swift. It was, I mean, how how much smoother could you make yeah. it? I mean, it, I, I still thought we were talking about Taylor Swift. It was yeah, so no, smooth. They, they have the same body. Type, <laughs> you know? uh, one final thing, just in regards to sex workers. I got blocked by a sex worker mm. on Twitter. Um um, I saw this post, and I think this is relevant to talk about. This is not having to do with Andrew Tate, but this is having to do with the idea that I still, sorry, I don't want my daughter to be an OnlyFans girl. I don't want her to be a prostitute. I don't want her to be an escort. I don't want her to be a sugar baby. I don't want these things for my daughter because I don't look at them as actually empowering fields of work. I don't. Sorry, if you disagree with me, then you can go tell your daughter to have an OnlyFans and tell her to fuck dudes for money. That's your life decision. I don't agree with that. I don't want that. So sue me. For your hypothetical daughter. For my hypothetical daughter. Um, For the daughter of your dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Daughter of my dreams is not on OnlyFans. Sorry, I'm pretty... That should be your dreams too. When you're a dad... you're a sick fuck. You don't even want your daughter to fuck. Yeah, I don't. And and definitely not for money. I mean, like, it's like, so, so. Listen, I mean, if she's getting something out of it, why? <laughs> you know, damn well, that little boy ain't, ain't pleasing her. Right. She's getting more than most girls get out of fucking. Let's, <laughs> I, I'll say that in, in, in my future hypothetical daughter's defense. Um, so there was a post on Twitter that was like, this guy posted a screenshot of like these, like very, um, let's just say questionable thumbnails of like like young very young girls like dancing and like weird outfits like a cheerleader outfit and then like there was one in like a workout outfit but not like a not like a i'm a 10 year old girl i i play soccer outfit it was like a like the same outfit you'd see like an instagram model wear with like the fucking super tight sports bra crop top and the booty shorts and like it was like it was strange and so he posted he's like why is instagram pushing like children doing like sexual things or whatever like sexual child content in my feed and then obviously that's going to be met with reasonable backlash from the other way they're going like why is why, why is that you your thinking algorithm? of it like yeah. that yeah th- that yes yeah. that yes why do you think that's sexy that was the prevailing take mm-hmm. in that thread is exactly what you said which honestly it's hard to defend because i did try yeah. to defend it it's, and it's like that's definitely a fair take it's a fair take but then it's like look you have, it's but also easy. at the same time, like, bro, no, no little girl needs to wear like skims. Yeah, you, know you don't I mean? need to do that. It's like you know, my whole, my whole. They should be wearing like a fucking a Disney princess costume. It's not or some yeah, shit. You it's know, it's not natural for a girl to dress like that, and then she has makeup in the thumbnail, and it's like she's dressed up in like an Instagram model, like Lululemon, like 
uh, workout thing, which is like, why do they make that, first of all, for 10-year-olds? And second of all, she's in makeup too, and it's like taken in this way. It's like, if that same thumbnail was a 22-year-old girl, it would seem completely normal. But instead, it's a 10-year-old girl, and it's like, no, this is weird. And my whole take was, because there was a guy that was like, well, the fact that you look at this as sexual is uh, because you, you're you just Freudian slipping that you are sexually aroused by shows. Like, no, dude, like, you can look at this shit and tell if it's, like, just, like, innocent content or if yeah, it's, no. like, fucking weird. Hey, in my mind, I feel like children should be, like, asexual until, like, 12 or 13. Yeah, I, I, I'm with, I think most <laughs> people no are with There should be no difference. That. Most people are with that, but it gets, it gets this weird kind of, like, uh, rocky road to explaining it because their whole take of, like, well, why are you looking at this as sexual is a fair take, but my whole thing was like, okay, well, let's think about it this way. If you if you were like sitting on the subway and you looked over the guy next to you's shoulder and he was just scrolling through videos like this, mm-hmm. it would immediately raise alarms. You'd be oh, like, yeah. why are you looking Call at the police on that? Yeah, man. why are you looking? Why is this grown man scrolling through why TikTok is your videos? For you page filled with this. Yes. And so you're going to tell me that, oh, 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 it's just Instagram is just pushing content to like whatever you like. So the fact that this is in his algorithm is just showing, it's like, first of all, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all these websites that there's one thing we've learned in the past three years is that they ha- are no stranger to monitoring and moderating the content that gets to you, censoring certain types of things, pr- predominantly politically and things like that taking people off, banning I just, people. I love that uh, I still think about this every once in a while where you like took a screenshot of the For You page from LFTS mm-hmm. and it was all just fucking like Insta thoughts and like whatever. Yeah. And you're like, why the fuck is this on my For You page? And that post got flagged and deleted. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, bro, you yeah. gave this to this me. This was my homepage. <laughs> yeah. The full story of that is I took a picture that was already a, a, like a picture from a model that I followed at the time. I posted that as a thumbnail for the podcast. They took that down. Then as retaliation, I was like, well, that's bullshit. They flagged this for nudity and inappropriate shit. So then I took a screenshot of my For You page. When I log into Instagram, this is the exact thing that I'm looking at on my phone. I took a screenshot of it, posted that, then they removed that. So it was a perfect example of like, Okay, so A, you guys are definitely like paying attention because it's not like we're some gigantic account. Like you guys have the capacity to flag people that are getting 13 fucking likes on a post and tell them to take shit down. So no, I don't buy the thing that's like, oh, well, this is just innocent children's content that Instagram is unaware of. And then, but they also didn't know that the guy watching it was a fucking grown man. And so they're just pushing it innocently. It's like, no, algorithms don't get pushed like that. The Instagram knows how old you are. They know where you spend most of your time. They know how, they know every fucking imaginable thing thing about you and when you see something in your feed it's because an algorithm has determined this is what we want you to think this is what you we think you like but also this is what we're saying that you should be allowed to like because if we think you like the idea that for instance like we mentioned if we think you like thinking that uh the coronavirus started in a lab as opposed to a fucking farmer's market then um we're not showing you that but if we see that you really enjoy watching 10-year-olds dance in in uh, provocative outfits. Yeah, have more. He, would you care for another video, sir? So it's like, no, I don't buy the whole like completely neutral Instagram algorithm thing. I think that there's obviously, you know, we talked about earlier, like Taylor Swift talking about sexy babies and shit. There is a weird kind of dynamic of like, uh, kind of like, 
sexualizing children is kind of being more normalized and it's it's fucking creepy but then again the way they get you is like well if you think it's sexual maybe that means you're a pedophile and it's like no I'm not a pedophile all I'm trying to say is if I saw you watching this or if you saw me watching this we'd both think each other were weird so you can't fucking deny that so then this other girl comes on and goes um you know that's you know same thing like that's just what his algorithm was like blah 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 and I said the reality is, is that again. Sorry, I know I promised I was going to stop blaming society, but this is this. I promise this is this is the last societal culpability I'm divvying out on this lovely Sunday. We'll, we'll close out on this yeah. one final society blaming. <laughs> the problem is, is that that the type of content. Look, we have, and this goes back to the whole sex worker thing. Uh, in today's social media culture. And this is not new. We've always understood that women can gain a lot of social currency and gain a lot of currency, currency by sexualizing themselves. And this weird thing we've done, which is to empower and glorify that as a legitimate thing that is is not worthy of anything but praise to be taken videos of you fingering yourself online and having dudes that you know pay $5 a month to watch it. Sorry, that's a weird cultural place we're in. I don't agree with it. And I don't think most people agree with it. I think most people are just scared to say they don't disagree with it. And so we have I, that. It, for, it, personally, I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying, like, you're I'm not an, letting my girlfriend have an OnlyFans. You it, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you're free, like I was saying. You're free to do But also, I don't think want. my girlfriend would want to do an OnlyFans. Yeah, and that's why she's your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. That's why she's your girlfriend. That's why my girlfriend wouldn't do it either. So it's like, look, if you're one of those guys that's cool with it, that's great. I'm not. Those are both equally viable opinions. What is not, and an also, opinion. it's fine to be that dude. Like I, I'm sure you're fucking happy because you don't have to work anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can I, be a stay-at-home boyfriend. Maybe you're happy, or maybe you're too much of a cuck to fucking say you're not happy about it. And you're just glad to be getting pussy. I don't um, know. I one of like those two. There, you know, you'll see it in movies and shows and shit, or like reality TV, where it's like some guys get off on the fact of having that hot girl you know what i mean well yeah there are guys that that date porn stars like like, damn like everyone wants to fuck my girlfriend that's making me horny because only i fuck her that's true but then you have guys that like date porn stars it's like i can kind of understand it's like every guy in the back of his mind is like yeah i'd be sick to like like if i was dating a porn star i'd be sick but then you think about it like wait would i really want to be dating a girl where there's like 70 videos at within one google search of her getting like uh like gang bang and shit it's like do i really want that or like so it's just a mentality thing it's like i don't want that and i don't think a girl that i would date would appreciate if there was a bunch of videos of me fucking a bunch of chicks either so it's like it's just different like things and i i, I don't know my point is is that there's a very clear um thing uh online where uh that type of shit is being pitched as not taboo not something that's adult but more so is this like cultural thing that's like no like this is this is legitimate work and anybody who criticizes it, anybody who says this isn't like empowering for women this is this is women taking control of their own sexuality it's like no this is women i would i would say sexualizing somewhat, themselves for money somewhat it's that like fine like dude if you can buy a house and fix your entire financial situation by posting a couple fucking tit pics online mm-hmm. like more power to you you know as long as you're okay with like you know because the internet is forever and as long as you're okay with accepting the fact that people aren't gonna be all about it like if i were to take if you're fine with 20 years from now and your kids in elementary school and his classmates find your fucking his mom's pussy online mm-hmm. 
And they're like, hey, check out your mom's pussy. Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing for guys. Like, look, uh, guys are the main market for both sides. Like, there's not a lot of straight men that have a bunch of straight female subscribers on OnlyFans. It's usually, like, if you're a guy and you just take videos of yourself jerking off, obviously the majority of your fan base is horny gay guys. So I could... Uh, I also don't get... I don't understand, like... um. I don't know. I've heard dudes be like, yeah, like I, I subscribed to a couple of my friends only fans. Like, you know, those women have to feel fucking weird about that. Yeah, but that's also probably where most ground level only fans chicks get their business. I oh, mean, if you're sure. just a bartender in Fells Point, uh, not and one of your regulars. Name, yeah, yeah. Like as that, a subscriber, it's like, yeah. Hey, you know what? I mean, that might work in their favor, though, because they're going to get fucking tipped more. Yeah, it might. It, it does. It, look, here's the thing. It does. But like, work dude, in your favor. if if you had an OnlyFans and like it was like a low tier OnlyFans, and I was like, you know what? Let me throw Jimmy a bone. <laughs> I'll I'll do the five dollars a month subscription. I'd appreciate. Aren't you that. gonna feel weird about that? Uh, yeah. You're gonna think about that every time you're fucking making a fingering your own asshole video. <laughs> You're gonna be like, oh god, Eric's <laughs> gonna fucking see this. <laughs> let me do. Let me take that again. Yeah, Dom, I, Dom, I remember, cut. <laughs> I remember one. I remember one time you saw a video of me making like a little like uh, video of myself talking about something, and I was mortified by that. <laughs> Much yeah. less fingering yeah. my own asshole. I mean, I don't even know how I you do found, it. Yeah, I found like a webcam video in the OBS <laughs> folder or something. It was me like trying to be like one of those YouTube guys. You're yeah. like, all right, guys. I was like, oh my God, my life is over. My life is over. Much less, needless to say, if that, if that video was of me jerking off for OnlyFans, we would not be watching the Ravens game later. That would be that would be a deal sealer on that friendship. It's just over. It's like, I got to start over. I'm moving to a different city. But so we have... Going back to the main point, we have a, a culture that 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 glorifies that, and it, it teaches people, especially kids from a young age, that this is a way. If you're a young girl, to get attention, to make money, to do this. And so, when I see this type of content from girls doing this type of stuff, it's easy to sit there and take the fucking I'm playing dumb route and be like, oh, it's just girls innocently dancing in their outfits and like they're not th but it's like no what they're doing is you can tell by the way the thumbnails are made you can tell by the types of things they're doing they are emulating what they see from older adult females um and and what older adult females are doing is inherently sexual when you see a 22 year old girl in a fucking skimpy outfit dancing that's sexual it's not just because she wants to show off her sweet dance moves it's because a bunch of horny dudes are looking at that going like oh my god she's so hot so younger girls see that and they go oh this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I am supposed to present myself on social media. So they do it, albeit innocently in their minds because they don't understand the actual ramifications of what's actually happening. All they see is like, oh, this is what you do. So they do it and then creepy fucking dudes see that and then they go, They're what, like, it's not... Hey, is this supposed to be my algorithm? Yeah, like, oh, shit. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this before. Exactly. <laughs> so, so creepy dudes fucking see it. You're putting, you're allowing your fucking 10-year-old daughter to take videos of herself doing that and then posting it out for any fucking weirdo to fucking watch and jerk off to and whatever the fuck he does. And then and then the defense... And then, and then you're defending it and being like, well, it's not actually... I mean, she's not actually... It's like, yeah, no, this is fucking weird content. And so I said that and then this fucking girl replied like blah 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 saying that same shit like oh no it's just you guys are the weird ones and blah 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 and i of course i went to her page and i and scoped there's a link it. tree a link tree <laughs> exactly she's an only fans chick and i tried to play it really cool and all i said was i said 
she was saying it's like the guys i was like i can't speak to what videos this guy watches and why his algorithm is giving him that i, I don't know this guy the name was blot i don't know what i can speak to is an algorithm that is uh uh uh, what is the word I'm looking for? What I can speak to is an algorithm that curtails to it. Mm -hmm. Like I can't speak to what this guy does, but I can speak to an algorithm that is a, that is like greasing it on. You mm -hmm. know, because again, there's one thing we can say about social media is they're no strangers to fucking censoring content that they content that they deem inappropriate. So the fact that Instagram is happily giving this content out to a guy in whatever demographic he's in means that it's not completely accidental. The second thing I can speak to is, like I said, we exist in a, an online culture. We live in a society. We live in... I'm the fucking Jim <laughs> Joker, Joker right now. I'm joking right now. I'm fucking Joker. I'm the Joker, We baby. live in a fucking society where this type of stuff is promoted and glorified to young girls. And subtle jab, I said there's certain people that might want to sit that conversation out. And she... I thought it was like so subtle. I was like wondering if she would even catch it because what I was really saying is like, look... You, of course, would be on here saying that, like, this is totally fine, whatever. But it's like you are like and this, this is the big thing because uh, my my girlfriend saw that DM and obviously like, you know, look, I'm a fucking guy. I followed for a while a bunch of Instagram models and stuff like that. Obviously, I watch porn like every fucking guy watches porn. It's like so it is kind of this weird dissonant state of mind to be like, I don't respect sex work as a legitimate respectable line of work however i will happily jerk off to porn i don't i don't respect instagram models promoting this type of uh uh fucking snuff or whatever the fucking word is to society and glorifying it but yet i'll happily follow 10 instagram models so yes i'm acknowledging that i am a hypocrite i'm acknowledging that there is a market in male society that look we we uh want that kind of content. Guys like that kind of content. There's not a lot of like the type of like TikTok guys that are famous, they're not like like the straight guys that are just like TikTok hot guys. They're not fucking taking videos of themselves with like their fucking like asshole being spread apart and shit like that. They're like doing like cute hot guy shit like dancing making like hot faces maybe you can see their dick prints through their sweatpants but that's yeah. about it like the type of content that girls are attracted to is like attractive guys doing like cool stuff and you're like this guy's hot he also seems like fun and cool the type of content that guys gravitate is like we just are looking at a girl in like the this as as little clothing as imaginable doing the most provocative things possible and that's what guys watch so then there's also on the flip side of that girls that play into that and go okay then i'll be the one of the people that provides that content so we're both guilty here so i'm not stepping in this conversation saying that you're completely wrong for being an OnlyFans chick and I'm completely okay with, you know, sure, you can post a video, you fucking somebody, I'm going to think it's a slutty thing to do, but also I'll jerk off to it. It's like, so I'm not trying to take this high road thing, mm -hmm. but what I am saying is like, you of all people are kind of the last person to step up and go, oh, well, you know, this is like, when I say that like, look, we're, we're older females are promoting that this is like acceptable and okay and younger girls are emulating it because they're seeing from older females that this is a way to get money and get attention. Again, this is also me bringing it back to me. Guys are happily fucking enjoying the content. If there wasn't a market for the content, the content wouldn't be successful. So we're all to blame here. This is not me blaming women. This is not me blaming mm -hmm. men. All I'm saying is 
because I know most of these rants feel like they have to be aimed at one solution or one thing, one group of people that's at fault. Mm. It's all of us. It's all of us. Yeah, there's no solution that you're proposing at all. You're yeah. Just, you're just letting everyone know, like, hey, this is fucked up. This is fucked up, <laughs> and this is what this culture it's has fucked led up, and to. everyone is just letting it happen. Because, and so, the in, only... In regards to the original point of, like, why the fuck are 10-year-olds... Why exactly. is that content being pushed Exactly. Right now? So it's all of our faults. It's all of our faults. The only thing that we can possibly do to wind it back a little bit is to acknowledge it. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't need to be one group of people saying, sorry, that was our bad, or women being like, yeah, that was yeah, our bad, we shouldn't like, have done that, or it's men It's literally doing no one's fault right now mm-hmm. other than Instagram. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, but then Instagram is just people. Yeah. Instagram is just going to give people what they want. So it really always comes back to people and so all we can do is when we see a a questionable video of very obviously young girls emulating that type of sexual content the least we can fucking do is just say you know what this is weird when we get to the point when we can't even do that Mm -hmm. it's fucking over it's over because at the end of the day i'm going to continue watching porn but if there's one fucking thing I will say is I'm not going to fucking stand there and 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 pretend that that shit is okay, yeah. even though indirectly I may be contributing to it. I think that that's the big thing. Again, it all comes back to accountability. You either look at the world in this way where it's like, I'm going to change the world um, to benefit me, or I'm going to change me to have a more fulfilling life in the world that we live in. And like I say, you have a much better chance of fixing yourself than fixing the fucking world. So... I don't know. No, that was. I think that was a good thing to end on. Yeah. Other than the where you come to yourself at the end. I did. I knew I wouldn't be able to get through that conversation <laughs> without. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to climax live on the air. Um, I guess last thing, just go Ravens, baby. Um, Ravens Nation. Everyone's hating on on us tonight, and not hating. I just think there's a lot of doubt going to this game. Lamar's not in. Just want to say one thing about that. I have respect for Lamar Jackson. He's a men's athletic talent. I cannot help but think that, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, when you make your whole thing from the beginning of the season, like I'm betting on myself, I'm doing this, like, you know, like I'm trying to get that big contract, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it does start to raise doubts when we're in this position at the end of the season where, every week we're thinking like, is he going to come back and play? Is he going to come back and play? And then it turns out he's not. And you have to, if you're being honest, sit there and wonder, are you really not actually able to play? Or are you more concerned with your own personal, uh, like well-being and, and going into next season and getting the max contract possible? And so you don't want to go in and risk that, which even then I can't even diss that because it's like at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, this is your career. You're going to do what you want. Yeah, he's um, looking out for himself. Fuck however, it. however, um, that's not, in my opinion, a championship mentality. And all I've ever been saying is, look, when you want a quarterback, you want a team leader that is going to put himself to the side and and do what's best for that team and and give us the best position to go forward. Again, 
I am not going to sit here and act like I'm in a position to say that Lamar Jackson should should play tonight because it's all about the Ravens and not about him. I don't want him going out there and destroying his knee. And even if we win, you know, we get to the end of the season, we win a Super Bowl, but then his career is over. Like, how could you expect that out of a person? So I don't expect that out of a person. However, I do think that there are certain people that would fucking do it. I don't think Tom Brady would be sitting out this game. I'm sorry. And that's the difference between a great and a fucking good. And yeah, so, but also like his shit would have been figured out. I think isn't isn't like also one of the big problems with the Lamar situation is like his mom's his manager. So like I I, I don't know how much experience she has with like Yeah, I don't doing know that type of shit. You know what I mean? It's like when it's like uh, you know, if I blew up and had you be my manager, you're not a trained manager. Like yeah. you'd be good because I would trust you, but like you wouldn't know how to fight the NFL to fucking fix my contract. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I you don't really have the experience. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I just look at it from just like a, a um, just like a player, like a personal standpoint. It's like the money thing. Obviously, you're dealing with millions of dollars, and again, that's why I don't feel like I'm really at liberty to to be saying the things I'm and saying. And also, like if he played tonight, would he be playing pro bono? Like. I mean, no, he's he's being paid. Like, he's part of the team. The whole thing is about like what's going to really happen. Yeah, the whole thing is about like what's going to happen next season. Like, are we going to franchise tag? Are we going to keep him on? Is he going to mm-hmm. go to somewhere else? Like, he the whole thing is like his rookie contract is ending, and now it's coming down to like, are the Ravens going to pay him what he's worth, or are we going to get rid of him? Mm-hmm. And so this whole season was him being like, I think he turned down some contract because he didn't think it was enough money. Again, this is also someone who doesn't. I'm not completely abreast of everything, but mm-hmm. I think the general idea of it is like. <laughs> His whole thing this season has been like, I'm betting on myself. I'm going to fucking show everybody this season why I'm worth the amount of money I'm saying I'm worth. But then it's like, okay, but then you get injured five weeks before the end of the season. And then everybody thinks, you know, we barely scrape through the end of the season and get into the playoffs. And everybody thinks like, okay, Lamar's going to be back. We're going to be good in the playoffs. Like he's coming back. And then it comes out. He's like, no, I'm actually not coming back for that either. And it's like, okay, so now we're just fucked. And it's like, if this was your bet on yourself season, it's safe to say you might've lost that bet. And I know that sounds harsh to say, but this isn't exactly probably what you had in mind when you said, I'm going to fucking show everybody how valuable I'm because the whole criticism of Lamar Jackson, um, which was always, uh, you know, everybody has their own thing. Oh, no, you, you only think of that because of this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, the reality is, it's like there's a reason why everybody was saying, like, look, that type of quarterback that's running around and fucking putting himself in harm's way at all times it's going to lend himself to more injury. And there's no coincidence that we constantly find ourselves in this position where he's, oh my God, what do you know? He's injured. So now all that stuff that everybody was saying, all the criticisms are proving to be true, not because they were fucking bigots or anything like that, but just because it's like, it's the fucking truth. Sorry, like you're a quarterback. And when you're fucking hit your truck sticking people on a scramble, that's not how you stay healthy for a 17-game regular season and take four more games in the playoffs. It's just not. And so you have this happening right in front of our faces, and the reality is it's like I've always – like I don't know what's actually going on. I don't know all the ins and outs and all the details. I'm not saying that I'm like the word of God on this or anything, but as from an outsider perspective, being aware to the point that I possibly can be of all the circumstances surrounding it – I I just don't I don't feel good as a Ravens fan um that this is a situation we're in and it doesn't make me feel confident that this is the uh this is the mentality that's going to bring us another Super Bowl. 
It just doesn't. I, mm. I don't think that you build a team off of a bunch of people that are betting on themselves. I think you build a team off of a bunch of people that are betting on the team. And and there's a very clear path of action you take when you're team-oriented versus when you're uh, self-oriented. And again, I cannot blame a professional athlete for doing what's best for his own personal career. But as a Baltimore Ravens fan, not a Lamar Jackson fan, I like Lamar Jackson, but I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. And as a Ravens fan, I'm not going to sit here and delude myself into thinking that that type of mentality is what's going to bring us a Super Bowl. Because guess what? It's not. It's not. So we'll see what happens tonight. And it may very well pan out because I've never seen a team more counted out in my life, the Ravens are counting themselves. That was my whole fucking mm-hmm. subpar meme that I did today about the fucking thing. Just talking about how like Ravens fans are already, we've already lost this game in our head. Mm-hmm. Fans, I'm, I like to believe that the team still thinks they can do it. In reality, this is one player. Obviously, we lost Duvernay, but like, you know, in reality, if, if Lamar was coming back, we'd be going into this game thinking like we're good. So it really is just the fact that Lamar's not playing that we're like, dude, I don't think we stand a chance. Doesn't that like almost say a lot about like the situation though like that maybe he's right that he deserves that kind of contract perhaps yeah yeah that's off true the team makes that much impact yeah that's a good point and i that is a good point and i think what tonight will show is if we wind up managing to win this game then it would prove a lot of people in Baltimore wrong that no, we're not the Baltimore Lamar Jacksons. We're the Baltimore Ravens and we're actually a good solid team that can do that can perform without uh, him and then so I think that like part of the bet on himself thing could very well be not saying this I think he truly wants us to win but if I was a betting man and my bet was and I am and I am uh, oh and I am and I am hypothetically speaking if I if place I, was, I am a betting man if I placed eight hundred and forty three dollars over eighty seven bets yesterday then I would say that if we get blown out tonight that's a point in the plus column for Lamar to be like see see what happens when when I'm not here this is why I'm worth that money however if we go in which as a Ravens fan how could you not hope for this mm-hmm. and we fucking perform and manage to win and get to the next week of the season you're gonna make a lot of money <laughs> oh I'm gonna make a ton of money <laughs> but also we're gonna be sitting there going oh wait it turns out it wasn't just Lamar. Like, we're a good team. We can make this happen. You don't win a Super Bowl with one great player. You win a Super Bowl with a great team. And maybe that would be a benefit. And then you have to wonder, okay, so does he come back next week? Mm-hmm. Or has he already had it in his mind that he's going to fucking sit out the rest of the season? And then here we are. Supposedly, we make it to the fucking Super Bowl. And it's fucking five weeks from now. And we're about to place the Super Bowl. And then it, at that point, it's like, he's got to be back, right? He's mm-hmm. got to be back. And then you go... Do we do we fix what's not broken? Do we fix what's not broken? Yeah, I don't know. You know, so I don't know. I'm not the biggest football fan in the world. I know a lot of people are going to hear everything I just said and say I'm a fucking uh, retard. And and guess what? You might be right. So whatever. I don't care. Um, go Ravens. That's all I'm trying to say, baby. Go birds. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I have not received my 2023 calendar mm-hmm. yet, so I'm going to have to rain man my calendar again. I believe... I will be at uh, Nacho Mama's this Friday, Mar- uh, J- January 20th. <laughs> Nacho Mama's January 20th, Friday night, uh, 4 to 7. Uh, that's all I have going on this coming weekend so far. At Jimmy Seleski, at Sophomore MD at for Eric the band. At Eric Glazer. 
I get my 4K projector in the mail tomorrow. You already know. I'm fucking excited, baby. Mr. Post Man. Uh, till next week, Martin folks. Happy Martin King Day, everybody. Yeah, happy MLK. Keep dreaming, folks. At LFTS Podcast on everything. Till next week. Peace.